It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. Today, we are going to be talking to a special guest. His name is Rick Alexander. Um, Rick is the head of legal policy over at B-Lab, and he left his private practice to help show companies that you can still be accountable for all your stakeholders and make a profit. Um, if you're not familiar with B-Lab, it's a nonprofit organization, and they are helping uh, drive a global movement of people to use business as a force for good. Um, so you know that we love that. Um, if you're not familiar, the there is a, a certification, which is called get, getting a certified B Corporation, okay? And that is like a set of standards that get verified um, for social and environmental performance, public transparency, legal accountability, all those types of things. So we're going to talk about that with Rick because as you guys are setting up businesses and you're establishing yourselves, you might start off as solo and do LLC, but then when you start looking for funding and doing other things, there's a lot that comes into play and becoming a, a certified B corporation or a C corporation, there's a lot of different options. So we're gonna just dive into these things today to give you a little bit more uh, legal clarity on how to manage that situation. So in just a minute, we're gonna talk to Rick about that stuff. Um, if you guys have not already checked it out, we're really excited about this, um, and that is the the special edition we just released in the app, and it's called Events That Matter. We are cre- we have created a resource for you to easily go in at any time and find the conferences that you need to get to in order to connect with the right people, get the trends, get the information, get a glimpse into the future. Um, it's really powerful, and so we worked really hard to make it a good design that's real easy to to get through, and this will be an ongoing resource. We will update it as the next year of events. So this same edition will just constantly update. So now you can always go in the app, pop that open, and get the latest conferences. Um, reach out anytime with feedback or if there's a conference that you think is missing, but uh, we try to get all the really key conferences in a variety of categories, whether it's tech or it's social impact and innovation, things like that. So check that out. And without further ado, we're going to dive into this conversation. Guys, don't forget to stop by the App Store. Leave us a five-star review for the magazine, for the podcast show. These things are super critical, and we always appreciate it. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Rick, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? Great, Adam. Thanks for having me. You got it. How's your new year uh, doing so far? A little bit, little bit cold and icy, but other than that, really good. Yeah, remind me, where are you? So, all right, you have a lot of exciting stuff going on, and uh, one of those things being your new book, uh, Benefit Corporation Law and Governance and Pursuing Profit with Purpose. So before we dive into that, I just want to get a little bit of background. Um, you're doing some great work over at B-Lab, so can you give people just a little bit of background of what you're doing, how you got there, um, and, and, and your mission moving forward? Sure, sure. So, so B-Lab's a, a nonprofit, and our sort of goal, we've been around about 10 years. I've been there about three years. And our goal sort of generally is to create a business infrastructure uh, that makes it sort of safe 
for for-profit companies who want to operate for good. So, so you know, we we firmly believe that companies and businesses can do well by doing good, but but we think that the current infrastructure sort of much much more encourages companies to you know put profit above purpose. And so we tried to create a system where purpose can be equal to creating a profit. And there's really two parts of that. One is is just figuring out a way to assess uh, your environmental and social bottom lines because businesses have lots of tools to assess their financial bottom line, but not so much uh, their impact bottom line. And right. so we've it's something called the B Impact Assessment that allows you to do that. But the second piece, and, and I'm a, a lawyer by training, um, the second piece of that infrastructure chain is to create a legal system that also encourages uh, companies to have a positive impact on workers and the environment and the community, as well as a positive impact on their shareholders. Because once again, uh, the legal system is very much designed right now in a way that encourages directors and managers of corporations to prioritize profit over people on the planet. And we've sort of come up with a design to change that. And for, for corporations, that's called the benefit corporation. That's a law passed in about 35 states now. Uh, for LLCs, and a lot of your audience probably forms their businesses as LLCs, not corporations, we've come up with language you can put in your operating agreement. Again, to make it clear to, to everyone that your you know all your constituents are as important as your shareholders. Right, right, and I guess I I, I like you know I like what you said. The purpose um, you're balancing that uh, to give it the same uh, priority as creating a profit. Um, so if the traditional I'll use that word specifically traditional way of doing things um, created a behavior that put profit first we've, we've kind of seen the long-term impact of what happens when that's the case so now there's this transitional period where people are starting to say well we've got to start putting purpose like people and planet and all those things before profit, um, profit's still important. It, it makes the engine run, um, but we got to make the focus about people and planet. So, what kind of changes um, in the structure are taking place in order to allow for that to happen? Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so, I'll say that um, from my perspective, from the legal perspective, right. the most important thing is to give entrepreneurs legal tools. Uh, with which to implement that that equal ranking. So a lot of people call it triple bottom line. So instead of just saying your one bottom line is finances, you'd say your bottom line is financial success, but also positive economic impact and positive social impact You know, on, on your community, on the people who work for you, on people in your supply chain. And so the, the place where that was most difficult, uh, at least in the United States, was for businesses formed as corporations yeah. because businesses formed at corporations had developed a rule called shareholder primacy. And it's interesting, I'll say, that you use the word traditional. I actually try to use the word conventional hmm. when I describe those ordinary corporations that have profit as their primary purpose because traditionally that's not really the case. That's really a rule that's only developed, I'd say, in the last 30 40, 50 years, like after, you know, before and after World War II, companies, even big companies, 
they were they were run with the explicit purpose of benefiting all their constituents and you can go back and read sort of the the credo or the statements from the chairman of you know GM and 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 lots of big companies and and they were very explicit that you know their workers had an equal priority to their their investors and it was only you know because of changes in global capital markets and some you know, economic theory originated at the University of Chicago, and finally a case in Delaware in 1985 called Revlon, uh, that this firm rule of shareholder primacy was established. And so we, we conventional corporations are now governed by shareholder primacy, and what we try to do is give entrepreneurs and investors tools to go back to what I would think was the tradition of having corporations serve all of society. Um, and so the, the primary tool that we're known for and that, that I wrote the book about is is the benefit corporation. Right, right. And so and, and that's the pri- so you're saying that's the primary focus of the book. Um, so is that book going to be um, you know, what, I'm going to hold off before we get into that, because there's a question on my mind that I'd like to actually ask, which is if you're getting started, um, you talked about um, there's the B Corp and then the Benefit Corp, so certified B Corp and Benefit Corp. So if you can just tell us the differences between those and what's going to be most relevant for our audience. So they might be just getting started or they maybe have been um, you know, active for the past uh, you know, a few years, less than five years, let's say. But you know, they're looking for investors and things like that. How should they start thinking ahead and planning yep. their sh- legal structure in order to, um, I guess, best suit their needs potentially, but also be prepared to appeal to investors and things like that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so so that's a, that's a that's a great question. It's something that I end up dealing with a lot because companies uh, will, you know, B Lab has this certification system where you can become a certified B corporation, mm-hmm. um, and that's a pretty difficult and tall order. And it might not be the first thing that early entrepreneurs would do because you have to use that B impact assessment that I referred to, um, and score pretty high and that's that's a difficult bar and you also have to have a corporate governance structure that you know has this triple bottom line and so typically for companies that are out raising money that might be being a benefit corporation Um, and what we find is if they've already raised a few rounds of capital and they want to change their structure it raises a lot of questions and the companies that you know, are, are in our certification system who have the easiest path are ones who early in their career change, you know, establish a legal structure. So, so the one piece of advice I would give people is if you are interested in making sure that your business over its lifetime, so not just at the early stages, but as you raise capital, you know, as you, you know, might envision some sort of exit, um, that early on in that process, you implement a corporate governance structure that is is uh, constituent or stakeholder based. And so, if you're an LLC, we have language on our website. It's it's easy to to pull right off of our website. Um, there's language that you can put in your operating agreement. Uh, and then, if you're thinking, you know, further ahead, a lot of companies will at some point shift to being a corporation because that's a often easier way to raise capital just from, right. from funds 
because I'm mandated that they need to do that. I would I would start as early as possible uh, by being a benefit corporation because then it's sort of there. It's part of your identity. It's part of your DNA. And there are fewer questions asked um, than if you want to make the change midstream. Right. And, and also, I would say it's just a great signaling device to customers and to uh, to workers. I mean, you know, a, a lot of the workforce is actually aware of this movement. They might understand more or less about it, uh, but there's a lot of excitement around it. And so it's I think it's helpful in recruiting. Right. Yeah, no, we love it. And I guess I'm curious then if you are certified so benefit corporation sir um you know you, you go with the benefit corporation approach early mm-hmm. on um i know a lot of people including ourselves have had discussions um where we are you start out like you said a lot of people start as an llc but then you want to move over to a corporation structure because it's more flexible i guess and easier when you're trying to raise funds um so if you become a, a benefit corp it has the same i guess um value right as becoming a c corp uh, when it comes to the investors and things like that yeah and that's it's so a c corp you know traditionally c corp refers to a tax status of of a of a you know a company that doesn't have pass through tax effects and in fact if you're a benefit corp you're still a c corp you know, okay. So it doesn't change your staff tax status. It doesn't change accounting. It's just you're you really are a conventional corporation with an extra provision in your certificate of incorporation. So it's a it's it's not really different. It's just additional. Right. Okay. And so, what kind of I guess requirements are there for people who are interested in that? Like what what? So if I instead of saying, well, I'm going to convert from LLC to a C corp. Um, I want to be uh, a benefit corp. I guess what are some of the differences that get you that qualification um, that you need to be aware of? Right. So this is this is really important. So you know, there's not so much a qualification; it's more a statement. So you would say when I when I form, let's say I'm going to convert my LLC into a corporation for the first time, mm-hmm. you would say you know to your your lawyer that you want to be a benefit corporation, or if you're using like a service. And there's certain form services now that have benefit corporations right there. Um, so if you, when you make that change, you just make sure that your corporate charter has a provision that says this is a, a benefit corporation. And let's say you're using Delaware, which is the state a lot of people would use. Yeah. You'd say, and and one of my what that means. So so what that means if you say you're a benefit corporation is that your directors have to consider the interests not just of shareholders, but also the um, uh, stakeholders who are affected by their operations. And in Delaware, you also have to sp- pick sort of a specific purpose that you're organized around. Uh, and so and that's relatively easy to come up with. And like B-Lab has material online that, that will walk you through choosing a specific purpose. So it's really, the process is actually not any different than becoming a regular C-Corp. Okay. It's just the meaning behind it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so today, just for, for like um, sort of comparison purposes and to show you where the movement is, uh, Delaware adopted benefit corporation rules four years ago. And there are now about a thousand benefit corporations in Delaware. Right. And nationally, if you look at all the states, there's about five thousand benefit corporations. And most of those are not certified 
uh, by B-Lab. In other words, they haven't taken that full step of, of doing a full certification. Right. They just made the decision that they want to have corporate governance rules, whether or not they're certified by B-Lab. They want to have corporate governance rules that allow them to consider the interests of all stakeholders. And I know I've sort of done this tracking myself. It's sometimes it's hard to find information about private capital raises. Yeah. But I know of 39 of those who have raised capital, and they've raised about 1.4 billion dollars in capital to date. So it's it is a growing movement. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's more and more people getting familiar. You know, here's an interesting bit of information for you. We had a uh, dinner uh, during, they had SOCAP just back in September, so our Mm -hmm. team was out there, and we were introduced to a lawyer because we were looking to get some legal work and support, and um, it was a Silicon Valley lawyer, so we had a great dinner and everything, but they, he did not even know. He has not heard of Benefit Corp or, um, you know, Certified B Corp, stuff like that, so I mean, our red flags already went up for us that it wasn't the right partnership, but I just found it interesting that the folks, the lawyers themselves in Silicon Valley were still lacking that understanding. Whereas if I talked to any lawyer who was at the actual SOCAP conference, they were very well versed in these things. So today, I think it's important for these younger entrepreneurs to make sure they're talking to the right people. Just because someone has a big resume doesn't mean they're knowledgeable in these new upcoming uh, approaches. Yeah, there's a there's a real difference in knowledge and also sort of skepticism. Um, some some traditional law firms are very skeptical of this, and they will actually discourage uh, entrepreneurs. Whereas other law firms, you know, see this as you know what's coming, and and they're very excited about it. We've actually formed a, a bar association for benefit company lawyers. Mm, interesting. And so I guess, how does that work? Uh, we, we just, we, a group of people who are interested, you know, we started a nonprofit and we've invited people. We've got about a hundred members now. Um, and we're, we're really just getting up and running, but we want to be a resource. Right. Uh, we've got a website and we want to put resources, resources on there and be a resource both for lawyers who are interested in this and want to you know, improve their knowledge, but also for, for others. Okay. And I guess just for clarity for people listening, um, can you just explain um, a little bit the difference between if you, why someone might take an LLC approach and, and what that's about versus taking the benefit corp uh, approach? Um, just to understand, like, what are the differences? Like, why not just go right out of the gate to a benefit corp? Why does anybody start with LLC? Uh, is there any advantages from, you know, starting as LLC and moving over to benefit corp and just just some differences in there is that something you could share yeah so i think it's it's it is sort of individually uh your situation driven by your situation so the, the the biggest piece of it is i would say simply simply simplicity uh mm. a lot of your advisors will tell you it's just simpler to be an llc when you are using pass-through taxation you know if you're a, a small shop um, and you're you, you know you're making money and you're moving forward and you just want to pay one level of taxes it's really simple to, to file a simple single member LLC agreement and check the box and, and, and pay your single level of taxes I think 
once you start to raise capital and once you're really in a mode where you're you're trying to scale um, that probably becomes less important because you're more focused on um, uh, you know the ability to raise capital and at that point it probably is simpler actually to be a corporation so I think it's it's once people shift to the capital raising mode that the the you know the the balance shifts right that makes sense that makes sense so let's talk a little bit about your your book um which looks like a great book so pursuing profit with purpose um you know obviously we won't be able to dive into everything in there but so is this uh, who is this book written for yeah (laughs) uh so you know, it's it's interesting. So uh, um, when I first got involved in the movement, uh, there's actually a certified B Corp uh, out in San Francisco that's a publisher. They're called Barrett Kohler, and they're uh, an independent press that does business books uh, and a couple other lines. And they asked me to write this book. And I think their vision of it was something of a, almost a handbook for lawyers. But as I got into the writing of it, I, I found that what I really wanted to write was a book about why it is so important to um, our larger economy and society that we sort of change the way we think about business. I know that a lot of your audience is you know, really excited about impact and you know, changing the way we do business. Uh, but you know, as 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 they may have found out, as they as they try to move forward and try to raise money, you often feel like you're swimming upstream because so much of our economy is focused on a single bottom line. And personally, I think that you know that's the biggest public policy issue of our age. We allocate literally hundreds of trillions of dollars um, in capital through this private investment system. And if we don't change, you know, its mode of operation, I think we're all in a lot of trouble in the in the long term and even the medium term. And so what I really found was I wanted to write a book that explained why this was such an important issue and why benefit corporation governance could be a tool um, for addressing that. So the first part of the book really addresses the larger public policy issues and then the second part of the book is more of a of a handbook for entrepreneurs and lawyers and investors who are actually using benefit corporation law as a tool interesting yeah and i think it is really important background and learning to just understand all the functions of, you know, you know, the problems with the current structures and, you know, where it leads to, but all those root causes, right? So I'm a, I'm a big um, fan of understanding human behavior, and I do believe that the conditions and rules and systems we have in place will drive the behavior. So that's why I love what you guys are doing over at uh, B Corp, because you're kind of shifting the, um, I guess, status quo in a sense of these rules and how people think about these legal structures to hopefully drive new behaviors. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And in fact, um, a few weeks ago, I I went to teach a class at at Harvard Law School. Jesse Fried, who's a well-known professor there, Mm -hmm. had sort of asked me to come teach a class about this. And 
there was a lot of skepticism and, and, and including from, from him as well as the students. But finally, he sort of looked at me and he said, I see what you're doing. You're trying to rewire people's brains. I said, yes, that's exactly right. Because whenever you talk about this and, and you get down to the nitty gritty and you say, so what you want to do is convince investors that it's in their interest sometimes to get a lower return. People just look at you and they can't comprehend what you're saying because they're so steeped in this idea of a, of a market economy and, and money being the measure of of good or bad and, and everything else kind of working out. But you really do have to sort of convince people that in the long run, that's not going to work right? For, for anybody, investors included. But it's a tough conversation because, and you know, it's interesting to hear that you, that the, the students at Harvard, even the professor were, had skepticism in something like this. Cause to me, you know, as someone who's been, you know, delving into this for years now, I look at these fundamental ideas and root causes and I'm like, well, this is pretty obvious, but it seems like people are not necessarily, it's not obvious and it's not a clear thing because I mean, how many years and years and years of conditioning have people been through where it's, you know, make money. That's, that's the, that's the key metric, as you mentioned. So I guess there is still a lot of work to do. There is, there is, um, but we're seeing we're you know, it, there's, we, we sort of, I think of the, the strategy that I pursue at B-Lab in trying to, you know, convince uh, the world to make this change. I think that I sort of have a, you know, a bottom up and a, and a top down. So I, I spend a lot of time trying to talk to institutional investors and, and public company investors and make this case. Um, but that's hard because most of those asset owners and, and asset managers have people who, to whom they report and, you know, they have this quarterly pressure. So we work from that end, but I also work, you know, from the end of um, working with small business owners, small entrepreneurs, impact investors and saying, you know, we may just have to build this, rebuild this from the ground up. So it's, it's, you know, we're not going to convince Apple or Microsoft, but maybe we can convince the Apple or Microsoft of 2025 or 2030 uh, to today and, yeah. and so they, when they get there they'll be operating in the right mode i think that makes a lot of sense and I, it's gonna you're right it's gonna be you're not gonna change the minds of the, the the big fellows right now but as people who are up and coming i can see them you know the 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 younger the generation you could see more and more uh, desire from them to take steps that are sustainable and run businesses that are, you know, um, purpose driven, right? So I think as you guys continue to pursue your mission, it's going to get more and more commonplace for the younger generation to look at a benefit corporation structure and say, well, of course, that's what I'm going to do. I think it'll become more and more um, standard uh, than a regular C Corp. So hopefully that shift will just keep continuing, especially with the pressure you're putting out there. Well, I, I hate I hate to give a spoiler, but I think the last line of my book is is something about people asking people stop will no longer ask why why are you a benefit corporation will ask why aren't you exactly I like that that's exactly it and um, you know we were interviewing Taddy Bletcher he's an award winning social entrepreneur and you know we're 
one of the things he mentioned was like, I always believe that we use the term social entrepreneur because we need a way to identify someone who is taking this new approach to business. But at the end of the day, what we're all kind of doing working together is normalizing this idea. So one day we don't have to call it a social entrepreneur. It's just, you're an entrepreneur. And if you're doing it the conventional way that we talked about, you're the odd man out. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's a good note to close on. um, But I want to just give another shout out to your book, which is benefit corporation law and governance, pursuing profit with purpose. Lots of good information. And anybody who's getting started out there, I promise you all these legal things, if, whether you find it exciting or not, there's a really important root discussion in this book and also a lot of things you need to understand because you're going to get to the point where you want to take certain steps for investors and you need to understand all the differences in legal. The legal stuff is kind of a critical factor as you start building a business. Uh, Rick, any final words on your end that you want to shout out? I know we got the B Corp website, so I believe it's bcorporation.net. Is that accurate? Yeah, no that 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 would that would be my my last shout out. Is if if any of this is is, is of interest to you, check check out the website and and it can take you to information about like we've been talking about about benefit corporations, but there's also information on there about the the B Impact Assessment which is like a free tool that you can just use to walk through your business practices. And there's lots of information on there to to help you um, implement uh, policies and procedures that will, that will just sort of uh, make you a more responsible business. You know, lots of people have been there before. And and so it makes it easier to to walk the trail. Awesome. Um, And my last thing would be, do you guys, um, and excuse me for not knowing this already, but, you offer the assessment, you give people guidance on a lot of different things. Do you also have a, um, a pool of lawyers that startups might consider who are knowledgeable in this space? So if you go to the, to, to the benefitcorporation.net website, yeah. it's different than the B Corp. B Corp is for the, for the certification, but benefitcorporation.net will take you to, the, there's a, there's a drop-down menu with attorneys, and there's a find an attorney uh, category on there. There you go. I knew you must have had something like that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Rick, this has been a really uh, great conversation. We appreciate all your expertise and insights and just the work that you're doing to help make this happen. Um, so until next time, thanks again. We'll talk soon. Terrific, Adam. Thanks a lot. All right. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play. Or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 